I'm just Hannah, has a short haircut, occasionally gets called a boy. And if those there's little girls that want to shave their head off and play rugby and be like me, then that's then that's amazing. And if I'm showing them that, that it's okay to do that, then that's even better. You're listening to the England Rugby Podcast, O2 Inside Line. I'm Hannah Bottomer. I'm Hannah Bottomer. I play for England and Saracens and I am a prop. We're a dying breed us. We're very sought after because we tend to have to do quite a technical job in a scrum. We do a lot of the heavy carrying. We tend to be a bit heavier than the rest of of the people on the field. We smash stuff in a polite way. (laughs) Nowadays, I think you have to be very powerful. You have to have a bit of weight behind you. It probably wouldn't work if you were a 50 kg prop. Weight, power, and probably definitely being a bit dynamic. There's a lot of talk about new age props being able to sort of run around the pitch a bit more. When I was growing up, after my nan passed at her funeral, then she gave each of the grandkids like a speech on what they were like. And I remember it being like I was just a bit of a whirlwind, like I would probably just run everywhere and just cause havoc. So yeah, I think probably when I was a child, I was probably a bit of a nightmare. I remember being naked a lot as well. I know that sounds ridiculous, but I looked through some old photos the other day of my mum and I just seemed to be naked in every single one of them. Obviously up until an appropriate age, or if there is an appropriate age, but yeah, probably just spent a lot of time without clothes on and running around. So I... Initially started my childhood in Datchworth, which is like a quite a small town in, in Hertfordshire. And that's where I spent probably six, seven years of my life, where I started my rugby journey, actually. Datchworth RFC, which I played there until I was, well, until I had to move on to women's rugby. So I played there until I was 12. So that, that was a pretty big staple of, of my like early rugby journey was, was that club. And then and then my parents split and I ended up going to live with my mum in Welling Garden City. And I went to school at a school called Monk's Walk. And I was lucky to have some really good PE teachers that um, wanted to sort of push that side of things. And we managed to get enough girls together to to put together a team. And I think we ended up going to a tournament at one point, like a schools tournament or something. And we ended up winning it. So it was pretty mental, but that was probably the second part of my life. And then moved away, went to college and yeah, the rest is history. So the first time I um, came across rugby was at Datchworth and Old Albanians, actually. So my mum and my dad both played. So I would spend a lot of time down the rugby club, whether that was watching my mum at OAs. So she played at Old Albanians, which is in St Albans. And my dad played at Datchworth. So I spent a lot of time down there. So they were like probably my my two second homes, probably until the age of like, like I said, 12, 13. I spent a lot of time down there. Yeah, I'm still relatively in touch with some of the boys that I used to play with, play with now. One of them came along to... Watchmen, I think it was in Exeter not so long ago because our parents are family friends and they always used to take the mick out of us that we bullied each other because we fancied each other, which I can assure you was definitely not the case. Still alive though, Bottoman, Hannah Bottoman, twisting, ripping, getting it down. Hannah Bottoman is, is a great competitor on the field. I'm Simon Middleton, head coach with the England Red Roses. I hate to say it, but she's a really lovable person. She tries incredibly hard 
to be as perfect as she can be, which is anything but perfect, but it's close enough for us most of the time, can be a huge influence on the game, huge influence on the squad, great energizer, great fun. And a bottomman, she's over for her brace. When I started playing, I think I, I did feel naturally connected to it in terms of I was quite a big like tomboy and I was quite boisterous, I would actually say is probably a, a, a good word to put it. And I wasn't ever like the smallest kid. So I used to just love probably the side of being able to run around and, and hit things and just run around with my mates and chuck a ball around. Something that gets chucked about is that I'm from good rugby stock is what um, I think has been said. So my uncle, Greg Bottomham, he's in the 100 Club for, for Saracens. He was a very successful hooker. And my auntie, Jane Everett, was a prop. And she had, I think it's three caps. But I always remember thinking, oh, like, you only got three caps. That's, that's nah, sort of thing. But and back in the day, it wasn't, if you were, if you started, they, unless you were, like, leg was hanging off, you wouldn't come off the pitch. So whereas now, like, you, you wouldn't get many props playing over 60, 65 minutes. There would naturally always be a change. You if you're the top two in the country, you would you would always get on the pitch now. But back then, she might have been the second best prop in the country, but would have just never got on. Yeah, I think it's quite a special thing. And I don't think it's something that I've massively sort of looked upon that someone that I am relative, like quite close with my mum's side of the family. And I, I see her frequently and she comes to watch a lot of my games. So yeah, I think that is something that's really special. And like I said, my mum and dad both played. Mum always says that she could have played for England but fell pregnant with me so she's probably just living her dreams through me now yeah good rugby stock I think probably good genes I don't like to use the words we're grateful to that this is our job because don't get us, don't get me wrong I, I think all of us are very grateful but I think it's it's where it needs to be and it's not something that we should be really thankful for and don't get me wrong, like when the contracts came in, 100%, it was a big step forward. And I think the RFU did an amazing job doing that. But I think now it's it's where it needs to be. And this is where women's sport is. And we should be paid for, for what we do. But I think it did just put into perspective, like they used to have to pay to go. They had to fight against so much in order to just get what we have now that and we get paid for now. I'm very grateful for what they did. and very humbled that we're in this position now and and they they got us here. When I went to college, I went to Hartbury for a year. That was a very fun time in my life, but actually pulled me away from the sport more than it it did anything else for it. I sort of I stopped playing and didn't really enjoy it too much. I didn't have a club that I wanted to go to. I wasn't sure really what I wanted to do and I needed a job. I needed obviously to to make money and I think it was in the summer after I'd come back from college. I wanted to do, I wanted to do something hands-on. I was debating whether to go back to college and do like bricklaying or something. I don't know. Um, and then the opportunity came up to work with one of my mum's friends, Laura, who lived in our village that was a female painter and decorator. And she sort of, she took me on and she was just amazing. She's probably... I don't speak to her enough now and I think I should speak to her more, but she was a huge part of my life over those two years and yeah, did a lot for me. So I started painting and decorating and I did that for sort of two or three years. And yeah, the, the lifestyle that came with that was the van lifestyle. And by the van lifestyle, I mean, I would just eat like Jinster's pasties and drink tea coming out my ears and yeah. And to be honest, I enjoyed it. I loved it in terms of my body image, my 
my weight went through the roof and I was in no shape to to be running around or doing anything like that. It was definitely a life experience I think I needed to have and one that I look back on very fondly. I had some, had some really good times. My name's Laura. I was a painter and decorator, which is when Hannah worked with me and I'm now running a pub. I met Hannah through obviously her mum and um, her mum asked me if she could have a job with me. That was where it all started. And Hannah became my apprentice decorator and was with me for a couple of years and watched her sort of go through her rugby stuff while she was with me. And and then she left me to go to join England. <laughs> when Hannah was working with me, she just started like playing back at Sarri's and she went up there training. I remember when she went training and uh, she said she was going to try and get back into it because she kind of fell out of rugby. I think she fell out of love with rugby and... Then she went to Sari's and I think it the the flame ignited again. And she was she was really good. And yeah, the training sort of I noticed it started to take more of a preference in her life. And she just started to get more involved with it. And she got her spark back, I think. So Hannah with her achievements, I kind of feel like a proud auntie. I see her on television all the time. You know, you see pictures of her in the bus stop, which is just bizarre because that was the young girl that was sat next to me eating Greg's and screaming along to goodness knows what 80s track in my cup and we watch her but we also know that it's just Hannah Hannah's up there powering through and being this incredible athlete and then you know she pops in has a cup of tea and it's just Hannah again you know you converted a pub full of male rugby watchers to women rugby watchers which is pretty awesome so yeah it's it's yeah, it's good. It's a proud moment and we all love it a bit. So I went to Hartbury like a lot of the girls in, in this setup did and it is such an amazing place to go if it's what you want to do. And I think if I'd known then that this would be the situ- like this would be the place that I was in, I I would have taken it a lot more seriously and I would have I would have put my head down and, and done everything that I needed to do to to put me in the best place to get here. But back then, being a professional rugby player wasn't a thing. I didn't have the aspiration or the desire to get to being a professional rugby player because it didn't exist. We were having to get up at like six and do like early sessions. And I turn my nose up that now, but if you wanted to be a professional rugby player, and I'm sure there's girls there now that will go on to, to be in the setup, it's the place to go. I probably got onto the wrong side of it. And if I look back on it, it probably went away too too early and I think I took that independence and I ran with it. I don't have a complicated relationship with my dad but I was quite strictly brought up and I I thank them for it now and I'm a very independent person because of it but I think because I was so felt like I was quite strictly brought up and I had to do what I was told to do when I went away, I didn't have anyone there to tell me what to do. So I just did what I wanted to do. My dad obviously was very upset that I didn't want to play it anymore and that I sort of wasted that heart opportunity and rightly so, absolutely. But yeah, I don't. I think there was rebellion in terms of a different side of things is probably where, where my downfall came. And I, I never really looked too deeply into the fact that people in my family and before me have, have done sort of a similar thing to me obviously played for England and and achieved those things. So probably not a rugby rebellion, more of a 16-year-old do-what-I-want rebellion. (laughs) 
Hanselman was absolutely brilliant. She carried hard, she got over the game line, she was physical at the breakdown, she showed her intent in every contact opportunity. Hannah Bosseman is a funny character. I think on the pitch, she's fearless, like crazy, like I wouldn't want her running at me. I'm Jess Breach. I play for Saracens and Ingle Rugby. Off the pitch, she's one of my really close friends within that group that all got a cap together. So bubbly, loves the attention, always wants to be involved with whatever someone's doing, which I think is really nice. And she's just comfortable being her, which I think is really important. I'm Sada Kibaya. I play for Loughborough Lightning and England. I won't describe Bots as the gift that keeps on giving. I think you never know what she's going to come out, come out with and she always comes out with these crazy catchphrases or just random noises. Hutchison over the ball to lay it back. McDonald, bottom end! So I was asked to come back and play some social sevens for Sarri. So the head coach there was Rob Kane and he coached me at sort of the South East England divisional stuff when we were younger. So he knew of me. And he just said, look, come down, play some sevens, we're a player short. Yeah, I started enjoying it more and the social side of things. I think I didn't realise how much I missed all my friends and all the people that I've met within rugby that I was missing. I was missing out on that. And because of that, I ended up going to just start training with them, like the Saracens 15, the women's side. I kind of didn't really think anything of it. I was just trundling around. I just, I'd turn up, have fun with my mates and, and leave and wasn't thinking anything massively of it. And then I ended up getting put on on the team sheet for the first game of the season. And I, I don't really remember what my reaction was back then, but I can imagine I was a bit like, bloody hell, I'm going to have to run around for a bit. I was on the bench, I think, and we went away to Waterloo, which, no offence to Waterloo, it's not the nicest, the pitch is nicest of places. We were struggling at, at half time, which we shouldn't have really been. I remember speaking to Poppy and Packer about this. I'm obviously very good friends with them now, and but back then they didn't really know me. And like I said, I was I was a big girl when I sort of when I came on. We looked at each other and we were just like, "Who is this kid? And what is she doing here?" But without blowing smoke up my own ass, I came on and I played very well, and we ended up winning the game. And Fergie, who Matt Ferguson, who was the England coach at the time, was actually down there watching. And I think that's when he first got sort of his eyes on me. And like I said, I was in no fit state to to play for England or to even play in the Prem, to be honest. I think it was the autumns, obviously England playing the autumns and I think they were just riddled with sort of front row injuries and Fergie called me up on like a Wednesday or whenever it was and I was obviously at work in my van with my Jinster's pasty. <laughs> um, called me up and he said, we've got some injuries, do you want to come in and, and train and potentially play for your country? And I was couldn't really say no to it. It wasn't something that I would ever say no to. But I think for me, it was, I felt a little bit embarrassed to be there. Looking back at it now, sort of, I got two caps in that autumn series. My first cap I came on, I think it was for like 11 minutes. I thought I was going to die. But my second cap, he put me on with 35 minutes to go against Canada. And I remember with 10 minutes to go, we were going into a scrum and I looked behind and Tam Taylor at the time was playing and she looked at me and probably just see the fear in my eyes of like, what have I got myself into? And she just went, 10 more minutes, mate, just keep going, just keep going. And I was like, I'm not sure I can do it. And I, I, when I say I thought I was going to, I thought I was going to die. I didn't think I was going to make it, but I did. I made it. But yeah, I think those two caps were definitely my turning point. Definitely when I started to think, okay, this is something that I could be really good at. And those first two caps, I think, were on merit. For me, I didn't deserve them. I was there and I played and 
quite embarrassed to be there because I knew that I, I like all these other girls that were here had worked so hard and were at the like peak physical, like top of their game. And then there was little old me. Well, not little, big old me. There was big old me. Yeah, I felt probably slightly embarrassed to be there. And then after that, had a complete lifestyle change. I was obviously still in the van, but I was eating salads out the van, not my Jinsters pasties. And I was training every day and I put a lot of work and effort into myself. And I think I ended up losing probably about 12 kilos. And I came down to a weight that I felt really good at and I felt like I was in really good nick. And we went on to win the Prem final that year with Saris and played like probably one of the best games that I played in a long time. And then after that, came back in for the autumns again, got my third cap. I felt like I deserved that cap. I'd worked hard and I was playing good rugby and that's why I was there, not because someone had got injured. And then come January was when they, the contracts were getting introduced and yeah, got offered a contract and from there, the work that I put in has just continued and hopefully it shows. I won't go into it, but I didn't speak to my dad for quite a while. And then sort of as I got back into into rugby, our, we sort of, our relationship got a bit better. And I think um, he sort of probably respected what I'd done and how I'd gotten there. So I think um, it probably saved our relationship, to be fair. Which, yeah, it's nice, obviously. <laughs> but yeah, I think I, I I would like to think he's, he's like proud of me and, and what, what I've done sort of thing. So I met um, Holly when I went to Hartbury, actually. So she was at Hartbury. She was in the year above me. Met when I was probably 16. We had a small interaction back then and without sounding too soppy, loved her very much back then. She was probably one of my first real loves. She didn't want to be with a be with a girl. Something that for me was was very hard to accept and very sad. And the only time in my life that I've I feel like I've had some like proper true heartbreak. And at 16, obviously it's the end of the world and, and you don't know what to do with yourself. Well, for me, she might say different, but there was always there's always been something there. And I think I always so soppy. Always had a very like deep love for her from like the age of 16. I think for me, she has always been that one person, you know? And then the Sevens girls came to Sari's, I think it was, for like a training session. We had a conversation and probably reiterated again that neither of us would have said anything, but reiterated again that I think there was definitely still something there or thereabouts. And it was a bit of fate that the, the Sevens programme got made redundant over lockdown. And that forced her hand into signing a 15s contract. And I think Sarries really wanted her and she signed for Sarries. And then during pre-season, we obviously saw a lot more of each other and yeah, ended up getting together, I guess. It's a long, long story. It's not just a, oh, we met and we fell in love. We met, we fell in love and then broken heart. And then we kept on meeting each other. And then in the end, all was well. She probably had some demons that she had to face and quite proud of her for going through that side of her life because I don't think it was particularly easy for her.
I'm Holly Aitchison, England and Saracen Centre, and I'm Hannah Bottoman's girlfriend. So we were kind of like, had like a thing or whatever at Hotbury, and then I was um, a little bit shy, I guess. And I wasn't really like, I'm not as comfortable as I am with myself now, I'd say maybe is the way to put it. And I just kind of decided that I didn't really want to be with a girl and just wasn't really for me at the time. Maybe it was like scared or whatever, I don't really know what to like call it, I'm still not really sure. When the sevens got, kind of all got made redundant and I was looking for like a bit of rugby to play in the meantime, it actually happened like perfectly for us. Um, that Saris were like really interested in me. I remember thinking, oh, like I know Zoe really well and then Han's there and it was kind of like a, not an awkward like convo, but like I messaged her to be like, oh, how would you feel? And she was obviously like really keen. So I felt a bit better about going. Obviously when you see someone day to day, I think it's a lot more like natural and we spent a lot more time together. And I think it just, yeah, happened a, a bit more naturally like that, yeah. I think her humour is like a massive part of like what draws you into her. Like I think anyone that meets her will know how like infectious her energy is and like she's amazing in like groups of people and how like warm she is and I think she just knows how to like entertain a room and like she's she's very entertaining. Like there's never a dull moment when she's in the room. Because she is so laid back, it makes things a lot more easy for me, I would say, because we are I would say like opposite of each other. So like she's very loud and I'm very reserved and like quite quiet if you didn't know me. So like it's easier because she kind of takes the brunt of things and like takes the edge off things with like her humour and stuff. Um, and then I kind of am the one that would potentially be a bit more like worried about how people would see things. But as far as I'm like aware, everything's like pretty good. <laughs>
need to have a conversation about with myself and, and think, is there more that I could do? But I think for me, just being me and being visible to younger girls and younger boys and it being normal and it not being like this massive thing that I'm gay and I play rugby and like, I'm just, I'm just Hannah, has a short haircut, occasionally gets called a boy. And if those, there's little girls that want to shave their head off and play rugby and be like me, then that's, then that's amazing. And if I'm showing them that, that it's okay to do that, then that's even better. So I, I probably don't do enough and that's something that I probably need to work on and if there are injustices then I would always speak out against them just not necessary on my social media if that makes sense. I think I'd like to think that we work so well because Hull and I are rugby's our job but it's not our lives and we have a lot of other things that we're interested in and that we like doing other than just thinking about rugby or talking about rugby so I think we have that balance. It's amazing and it's nice that she knows and I know what we go through. We we both have major injuries and we both know what we need from each other and, and how we can get back from those. And, and the emotional side of things as well, I think sport can be a very up-down emotionally. And I think that having someone that understands that and, and knows knows how you're feeling is yeah, very is is very nice to have. Yeah, that's nice. Lifting the trophies together is nice. Yeah, little cherry on top. <laughs>